Good morning, everybody. Today we're going to um, look at what's called the Abrahamic Covenant and uh, something that has really excited me um, as I've been going through this and I trust will be meaningful to you as well. And I think the thing that struck me, and I'm going to sum up my whole message in a few words and then I'll preach it after that, but, but, but the thing that struck me about the Abrahamic Covenant that we're going to get to in a minute is that the church needs to know and God's people need to know He is at work in the world right now. And, and I say that to you this morning because uh, this is a reminder to us that at a very dark time in our nation, it is God's intention to bless people in South Africa. This is all found for the very first time in Genesis chapter 12, where God says to Abraham, and I want you to hear the words of the Lord, I am going to bless all the nations on earth through you. Here's God's word. I am going to bless all the nations of the earth through you. That includes us here. That includes the people of our country. And isn't it interesting how often our focus through the media is always drawn to all the bad news instead of the good news? I don't know if you've noticed that. Isn't it interesting that we always seem to be, our attention always seems to be drawn to the latest statistics on how many people got divorced in a certain period of time, over 2019, how many people have got divorced. What we are never seem to be told, or what we are never told, is how many marriages God has blessed in 2019. We're not told on how many marriages have been saved because people have turned to Jesus. You never get to hear that. You, you can have the most amazing statistics, but you just never get to hear that. Isn't it interesting how frequently we are told how many people have been murdered? We're never told how many people got saved because they put their faith in Jesus. It's interesting that we are told about the extent of the corruption in our country, and we are never told about the generosity of God's people. You know, at the end of, I don't know if you remember the end of last year, November, we always have a thank offering in our church. Some of you remember that? No, it's getting a while ago now. Every November we have a thank offering month. And uh, I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, things are, are tight at the moment. Sure, many people are feeling the financial strain at the moment. You know what blew me away? As I got an email from our treasurer to say one person in this church gave 900,000 rand towards the Harari project, church building project. One person. And I just said, you know what? That's good news. 
That's because somebody knows the Lord and they really want to make a difference. And when you come to Genesis chapter 12 for the first time, you discover after 10 chapters of bad news in Genesis, you discover that there is some good news. There's some good news after Adam and Eve have sinned and all the consequences of what they've done. There's good news after we discover one of the most horrendous things that Cain kills his brother Abel. There's there's good news after God decides to wipe out all that he's created through a flood because things have become so bad. And so this morning we're going to focus on what's called the Abrahamic covenant in the Bible. And the Abrahamic covenant is very simple. It's a covenant that God enters into with Abraham. And he tells Abraham, I am going to bless all the nations of the earth through you. Now, can I say that again? God said, I am going to bless all the nations of the earth through you. And added to that covenant is the fact, and we'll read it in a minute, that those who bless Abraham will themselves be blessed, and those who curse Abraham themselves will be cursed. In other words, the way that people respond to Abraham and respond to this man that God is in an amazing way going to use to bring his blessing to the nations of the world, the way that people respond to that will either result in them being blessed or them being cursed. And for this Abrahamic covenant to be fulfilled, you remember that Abraham is told he needs to leave his country, He needs to leave his people or his culture. And he needs to leave his family, his immediate community, and go to the land that God will show him. So let's read these verses. And as you read these verses, I want you to be aware of something. God wants his church to know what he is doing in the world. You see, when we are when we are focused on what God is doing in the world, it causes us to have faith in what we are doing as we obey Him. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. The interesting, I counted this when I, when I was reading through this section, Seven times God says, I will. Here's the first one. Go to your fa- uh, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, 
his nephew Lot and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. And Abraham traveled through the land as far as uh, the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So Abraham builds an altar to remind him that God had spoken to him. Abraham wants to constantly focus on what the Lord had said to him. And from there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord or the name Yahweh as we would have it. And then Abraham set out and continued towards the Negev. So what God is saying to Abraham, my intention is to do something about the sin problem of the world and I am going to bless the nations through you, Abraham. God is revealing his plan and his will to Abraham. And the amazing thing to me is that God is going to use Abraham in that process. And, and because Abraham believed what God says, you and I are sitting here today. We are sitting here today because Abraham believed the Lord. Do you know that Abraham's great feat in life wasn't that he left his country and he left his people and he left his family. His great feat was he believed what God was saying. I don't know if that's ever struck you. That Abraham comes from Ur of the Chaldees. He's a, probably a moon worshiper. He probably uh, worships many different gods because that what, that's what was happening in that culture. He's living in Ur, which is a very modern city in those days. I, I believe from my research they had running water and heated homes in that city. And here is a man who believes God so much. He said, I will leave all that I've got over there and I will live in tents for the rest of my life. Because I believe you. And Abraham believes God that, that when God speaks to him, irrespective of how bad things had become, because things were not good on the earth, God was going to intervene. And God was going to bless people from the nations of the world. And may I say this morning, it doesn't matter how bad things become. God's intention is still to bless the nations. His plan has not changed. And Abraham believes that God has chosen him as the person to which this is going to happen. Now, as we, as we look at this Abrahamic covenant, there, there are two things that I want to focus on. The first one is this, is what happens when God begins to speak to Abraham. And it's because God speaks to Abraham that Abraham responds in faith. You see, there's something rather unique about God's Word because God's Word brings revelation to us. God's Word begins to allow us to understand what He is going to do. And there's something unique I've discovered about God's Word. It enables people like you and me to have faith. 
Have you discovered that as you're reading God's Word, as you're listening to the Lord, somehow something begins to stir in you where you begin to have faith and there's this trust and belief in God. And so what? when, when God speaks to Abraham, it ignites a faith in him. And that's why he leaves. And God is going to do something among the nations because it's his desire that people from every tribe and language and nation would experience his blessing. I was thinking quite a lot about this. Is this still happening today? I believe it is. I believe that God is still powerfully at work across the earth right now as we are sitting over here. I mean, how many accounts have you heard in the last few years of people just having a vision from God that has led them to turn to Christ? How many of you have heard of those things? Some of you have heard about that? God is, is doing an amazing thing right across the world. Uh, I, I remember my very first trip. Where's um, Shelly? Shelly's somewhere. There we are. I want to encourage you, if you can get to go to Turkey, do that. It was a great experience. Um, but, but I remember my first trip there and, and, and spent some time in a Christian church in Turkey. And I sat, sat next to a whole family. And I said to them, how did you come to believe? And they told me the story that the, 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 the father in the family or the husband had had a vision. And he had a vision of some people serving food to passers-by outside of a certain building. And he said, I was walking down the road one day and I saw the people in my dream and they were outside this building, which is where the church meets. And he said, I had to try and connect the dots between what I'd seen in my vision. And so I went to speak to them. And through that, he came to faith in Jesus. And he's now enjoying the blessings of God because God's at work in the world, you see. I think to me, this is such a critical thing that it's not us trying to do something. God's already doing it. And he's saying to us, I want you to join me in what I'm doing. I was quite amazed. I wonder, does anyone here this morning know where the church is growing? Which, in which nation the church is growing the fastest in the world at the moment? In Iran. Like, have you ever thought of that? It's where there's the greatest opposition and persecution, and yet the church is growing the fastest. Why? Because God's at work in the world. That's the whole point of the scripture. I'm at work, it's my desire, and it's my intention to bless the nations of the world. Let's remind ourselves. Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your country. Leave your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. You, do, do you notice this is first and foremost about what God is doing, not what Abraham is doing? We often, when we speak about this, we speak about Abraham leaving his, his nation and leaving his people and leaving his family. I want to say this is more about what God is doing than anything else. It's primarily about God's will and God's plan for the nations. Have you noticed when you come to the New Testament and you look at the ministry of Jesus, that Jesus himself says, I only do what I see my father doing. Jesus is alert to the fact his father is at work. 
Despite everything that's happening around him, despite all the opposition to him, he's aware that his father is at work. And so everything that Jesus says and does is because he knows what his father is doing. Look at John chapter 5 and verse 19. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. The father loves the son and shows him all that he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. And I want to say again this morning, it's God's will that the nations of the world will be blessed through Abraham. That's why if you go a little bit further on, and we don't have time to do that this morning, you'll notice that there are a few times uh, Abraham takes a bit of a deviation. One of those times is when there is a famine, and he goes down to Egypt, and as he's going down to Egypt, he sees his wife is incredibly beautiful, and he knows that could mean trouble for him. And so he says to his wife, I want you to tell Pharaoh when we arrive there that you're my sister. How's that for looking after your own skin? And, he, and of course that happens, and his wife Sarai, who's called Sarai, later on called Sarah, is taken into Pharaoh's harem. And then what happens? God strikes Pharaoh, and Pharaoh gets hugely sick with disease. And Pharaoh starts to inquire what's going on over here and he discovers what Abraham has done. And you see, every time Abraham got off the beaten track and off away from what God was saying to him, God intervened because it's God's plan to bless the nations through him. It wasn't just about what Abraham was doing. It was about the bigger plan of God that he had for the nations of the world. And what God has got in store for the nations of the world is far more important than what Abraham is doing. He's saying to Abraham, come back on track. Get your focus right. I wonder if you realize this morning that God's plan for the nations of the world includes you and me. Have you ever thought about that? Do you know that we are Christ's ambassadors? Do you know that God's plan is still to bless the nations of the world through His people. Let me read that to you so that you can believe me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sinners against them. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. And I want to put it to you like this. Other people's lives are blessed when we are alert to the fact that God has chosen to use us. Just is what it is. When God speaks, 
it causes us to have faith to believe that what he said he's going to do, he will in fact do. That was the one aspect. The second aspect that I want to touch on is that it's our obedience that enables other people to enjoy God's blessing. It's our obedience that enjoys other people, enables other people to enjoy God's blessing. Now, I've asked Shaila, Shaila's here with us this morning, and I want to, uh, to share with you, so um, a little an incident happened a, a, a few years ago now. I think it is a few years ago. Two years ago, okay. And, and just, I wanted you to hear a testimony of where somebody had a sense of what God was saying to them. God was revealing something. He said, look, this is what I'm, I'm, we're aware that God is at work in the world. We're aware that God is wanting to bless people's lives. We're aware of that. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit of what that, what that in, involves just now. But, but Shayla listened to that and had a sense of what God was saying to her. And I want her to tell you in her own words what happened out of that. So thanks, Shayla. How much time do I have, John? Let um, me um, <laughs> okay. not go there. <laughs> okay. So um, my boys were going, two years ago, they were going to school in, in Nerdic area. And as I was walking through the gate, every day I would have these moms, like we would just encounter moms who were just so concerned about their children. And they would be like, just, they a lot of moms, at my, I think my God was opening my eyes to, what was going on. They were stressed and, and everything. And that burden started growing. So I just started praying for the moms and realizing, I actually, when I was thinking, how can I help them? I was like, I actually don't have the tools besides prayer. Like, that's what I feel I've got. And then as I was praying, we had this WhatsApp group. And suddenly, I don't know, it happened quickly. It must have been the Lord, because there were lots of moms on that group. I put on the group, um, Hi, I'm, I often go to Nerda Common to pray. If anyone would like to join me, and this is what I believe, I'm praying. I just explained my faith quickly on the group, and then, and then left it. And then I thought, oh, wow, okay, that's that's a bit like getting onto this WhatsApp group that's supposed to be that's breaking the WhatsApp boundaries there. Um, and then I went the next day to the common, and I sat on the common, and, and no one came. I didn't hear from anyone, and I was like, oh, Lord, okay, that's fine. I'll just sit there, and next thing, mom started coming, and there were about six, I can't actually, it was, so it was about eight or six to eight moms who came, and they came, and they sat around me, and then they started doing some disclaimers. The one said, um, Shayla, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. I don't know why I'm here. And my husband's a bit confused why I'm here. He actually laughed. But I just want to just say, I'm an atheist, so we believe different things. And I was like, that's okay. Thanks for coming. And then someone else said, yeah, I, I like what you believe. And I also believe and started going on to the new agey thing. And basically, we went around the circle and I realized I had one Christian mom with me. And, um, and even that, she was like, you could see she wasn't like gonna be there with me. <laughs> she was just there, and um, and then I just—it's it's funny how Sunday school has such an impact on our lives. But I remember this memory verse um, that I—it became one of my favorite verses, and I don't even know if it's in context or not. But it was from Jeremiah 33, verse three: "Call unto me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things that you've not heard of." And I said, I just want to tell you that's—I want to tell you that this verse I want to start with because I just want to share this with you because. Often as moms, we don't have answers, we don't have solutions, but 
I know God does. And so I would love to pray for us. And so anyway, they, they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to pray. I'm like, that's fine. Don't, that's fine. I'll, I'll pray. Can I pray for you? And so we prayed, and there was this joy and peace that was there, and people were receiving, and um, I didn't feel intimidated by the, the atheist or, or whatever. And, and as I was praying, I just opened my eyes, and I said, I feel like I need to pray for some marriages here. And then three women put up their hands, and they said, please pray, and then they just started crying and anyway we just prayed and then um as we ended um I, I just said amen and then there was this like people opened their eyes and there was almost the sound that came across in the group where a couple of them went oh, like just, and then I said what what are you okay and they said no what's that and there was almost this confusion confusion like what's happening and they I said well what what are you what's happening and they said no things look different and the next one said yeah something looks different something looks different and they went around and they said yes everything's looking different what's happening can you tell us what's happening and then I just said to them um I said because I was like I don't know what's happening and then (laughs) and then I just felt you know God is so faithful because it's all about just opening our mouths and being prepared to look a bit silly, and, but it's his spirit at work and his spirit calling them, not me. It was his spirit calling, like, they, like his spirit called me, it's his spirit calling them. And, um, and as God just put on my heart, it's the peace of the Lord that they're seeing and they're experiencing now. And, and then I said, this is the peace of God. This is the peace that we know we've called on God. And it's almost a gift to him that even though we don't know what the answers are for everything, we're experiencing his peace now, knowing that he is onto it. He's onto every request that we've prayed about. And they, there was just this joy released. And then there were, which I think I'll stop there, but there, there were stories that went from then onwards where, like, there were a couple of them who were plugged into churches, local churches, but God started doing work in them. I'm not, some, most of them I'm not even connected with now, but they've, the Lord has been working in their lives. Like, there's one whose marriage was brought completely to life in, in quite a weird, hard way, um, and, and, that, and after that, they also want, some of them wanted to meet and to say, please, can you pray for this? And there were some challenging ones, prayer requests too. And just to see the Lord's work, and it was bigger than my ideas. It was amazing, yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Shayla. <clears throat> I wanted Shayla to share that with you this morning because I know for me it's been like, you, wow. The Lord wants us to be out there and the Lord wants us to be faithful and the Lord wants us to be serving. And what we need to remember is God's already at work. We are just coming to, into alignment with what He's doing already. And what Shayla shared with you is really what I want to talk about. This whole thing of our obedience leads to God's blessing in other people's lives. There were people there that began to experience the work of the Lord in their lives for the very first time. In fact, they didn't have the words to describe it. What's going on here? That's what people, that's what people ask when God's at work in the world. I don't know what's really going on over here. And people started to experience the blessing of the Lord in their lives, and they didn't even know how to explain that. And so for Abraham as God in this Abrahamic covenant, As God begins to speak to Abraham and say, I'm entering into a covenant with you. He said, Abraham, I want you to know 
that I am at work in the world. And if you will obey, other people will get blessed. That's the key issue here. And I share that with you today because I have a sense that God is saying to his church, I'm way more at work than what you realize. And I'm at work all over the world, and I'm at work in families, and I'm at work in communities, and I'm at work in schools all over. And what God is saying isn't so much for what we do when we meet together here. He's, saying, he's telling us what he's doing out there so that we can be alert to that. And as we have faith and as we are aware of what God is doing, it encourages us to step out in faith as well. You know, I've, I've been very conscious that, that for some people they've been stepping out in faith and praying for people for a long time, and it doesn't seem as though God is doing what He said He would do. Has anybody had that experience? Well, I, I thought, when I was thinking about what God said to Abraham, I thought, isn't that often the situation we find ourselves in? I was reminded of, of the fact that, you know, one day God spoke to Joseph. And God said to Joseph one day, there were two dreams that he had. And God told Joseph that some amazing things were going to happen. Joseph, because he was, uh, I guess, a little bit of a spoilt guy in those days, he boldly told all his brothers, and they hated him for that. And uh, his parents listened to what he was saying, and they just kept that in the, in the back of their minds. But after that, everything starts to go south for Joseph. Everything unravels. His brothers sell him. And then he gets a position in Potiphar's household. God starts to bless again. Potiphar's wife lies about him, and he gets in prison. In prison, he's put in charge, and he interprets some dreams for people who put him into prison, ask them to remember him. Everything goes wrong. They forget about him. And then one day, Pharaoh has a dream. And one of the guys who'd had their dream interpreted says to Pharaoh, I know a guy that can interpret your dream. And amazingly, Joseph goes from prison to the second most powerful man in the nation. You know why that happened? Because it was God's plan for him. It was God's plan all along. And Joseph keeps remaining faithful all through that time until God's plan is fulfilled. And then we come to that amazing verse in Genesis 50 and verse 20. You intended it for evil, but God intended this for good for the saving of many lives. And I want to say, be careful of the way we interpret our circumstances, because God is going to have the final word at the end of the day. That's why Abraham is held up for us as an example of a man of faith. We need to remain faithful. Hebrews puts it like this, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as in his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father 
because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. We are here. And God has blessed us. And God has blessed our lives as an example of his desire to bless the lives of other people. As we step out in faith, as we choose to obey God, we will see God's plan unfolding. I believe we will see people being reconciled to God and one another. I'll tell you, one of the most exciting things for me as a pastor is to sit with people who are seeking the Lord and to pray with them and minister to them and share with them and see them walking out and saying, something has happened in my life today that I cannot explain. And you know what the humbling thing is? I was just the instrument. He did the work. He did the work. People will discover there is freedom in Christ. I had somebody this week that we were, a group of us were able to minister who walked out and said, I cannot believe after all these, those, these years what's happened in my life in the last hour. People will be set free from the power of sin. People will be healed. They'll be delivered. People will receive God's peace. People will discover the joy of the Lord. People will experience God's goodness to them. I wonder how many of you have remembered that the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, which to me is one of the best descriptions we have of the Christian life, all starts with people being blessed. Let me just put that up there. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are you when people insult you. It is God's intention that people will enjoy His blessing and favor. And that all comes through Jesus. You see, what Abraham is never told, but what we know, is that all these blessings are through Christ. That's the way. That's why when you come to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, when Paul is writing to this church, Tom, if you can put that slide up. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Now, I want to wrap up by saying this this morning. When you hear a sermon on Sunday, there are different types of sermons you're going to hear. You'll hear a sermon that is going to be a teaching sermon. You're going to hear a sermon that's going to be a sermon that encourages you. There's going to be a sermon that exhorts you. There's going to be a sermon that might even rebuke you. But I had a sense this morning this sermon is meant to be a prophetic sermon. It is a reminder to the church of what God is doing. It is to alert us to the fact in the darkest days that we are in the dark days in which we are living, God is at work. And God's more powerfully at work than we realize. And I believe the encouragement to us today is will we believe God like Abraham believed God? Well, we trust God like Abraham trusted God. 
And it's God's plan that the nations of the world will know his blessing through Christ. And we are his ambassadors. And it's through us that he plans to work. I am amazed at the way in which the most unlikely people are seeing God at work just because they trust him. Just because they trust him. Shayla, I want to commend you for what you did. I'm not sure that I would have had the courage to do that. But what has God called you to do? And what is the way in which he's going to work through your life? And what is the way in which he's going to work through my life? You see, if we understand that God is at work in the world, he's calling us to join him. He's saying, you are my ambassadors. He's saying this, will you trust me for a demonstration of my power? Because those were Paul's words. When he went to the church in Corinth, I came to you in weakness. I came to you in fear. I came to you in trembling. I resolved to know nothing except Christ and Him crucified. Then he said, but there was a demonstration of God's power. I don't understand it. I just know that's what happens. Because that's what God said He will do. I don't know how I feel about what he said. I, one of my prayers for this year personally, saying, Lord, will you demonstrate your power? Will you move by your spirit? Will you allow me to see this promise being fulfilled in other people's lives? I'll be obedient. Lord, will you do work in people's lives? I ask you this morning, what is God calling you to do? in your place where you are. I don't think we're all going to be called like Abraham, we're going to leave our nation, etc. But I believe God has said to all of us, I am at work. Will you be my ambassadors? Let's pray. Quite a, to me, quite a, a challenging thing to think that when I obey, God's blessing is released in somebody else's life. That I'm a channel through whom God chooses to work and you're a channel through whom God chooses to work and accomplish His purposes in other people's lives. He has entrusted us with a message of reconciliation. He puts people on our hearts for a reason. It is because it is His intention that they discover His blessing in their lives. The Bible tells us the enemy, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, it's my plan and purpose that you will know God's blessing and life more abundantly. And God, I pray in these days, may we see a move of God, not just here when we meet together on Sundays, 
may we see a move of God in our communities. May we see a move of God in our schools. May we see a move of God in our families. May we see a move of God amongst our friends. Lord, I pray that new and fresh faith will rise up for each one of us so that others will know you and so that others will experience your blessing, so that others will know Christ. Father, I pray, may our hearts be alert. May we be attentive to what the Spirit is saying to us in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. May you have an awesome week and see what God is doing.